Good evening everyone and welcome to our Easter Vigil service. I hope this finds you well and ready to celebrate the joy of Easter together on this podcast. During this uh, reflection there will be, as is the tradition of the Easter Vigil, um, eight readings. And in those readings we'll hear about uh, God's plan of salvation right from the very beginning of the Bible all the way through to the resurrection narrative in Matthew. My encouragement to you during this uh, service is simply just to let the the words of God uh, flow over you, to take part in, in just listening to what God's saying to you before we get to the reflection, looking at that very first resurrection. So our first reading today is taken from the book of Genesis, chapter 1, beginning at the first verse. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, The earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, let there be a dome in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. So God made the dome and separated the waters that were under the dome from the waters that were above the dome. And it was so. God called the dome sky, and there was evening and there was morning the second day. And God said, let the waters under the sky be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the water that was gathered together he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let the earth put forth vegetation, plants yielding seed and fruit trees of every kind on earth that bear fruit with the seed in it. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seeds of every kind and trees of every kind bearing fruit with the seed in it. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the third day. And God said, Let there be light in the dome of the sky to separate the day from the night. And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be lights in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth. And it was so. God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. God set them in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth, to rule over the day and over the night and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. And God said, Let the waters bring forth swarms of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the dome of the sky. So God created the great sea monsters and every living creature that moves of every kind with which the waters swarm and every winged bird of every kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures of every kind, cattle and creeping things and wild animals of of earth of every kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals of the earth of every kind and the cattle of every kind and everything that creeps upon the ground of every kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over the wild animals of the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God he created them. 
Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. God said, See, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is upon the face of the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw that everything he had made, and indeed, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all their multitude. And on the seventh day God finished the work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it, because on it God rested from all the work that he had done in creation. These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created. Our second reading is taken from Genesis chapter 22, beginning at the first verse. After these things, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. He said, Take your son, your son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains that I shall show you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. He cut the wood for the burnt offering and set out and went to the place in the distance that God had shown him. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place far away. Then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. The boy and I will go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. So the two of them walked to get on together. Isaac said to his father, Abraham, Father, and he said, Here I am, my son. He said, the fire and the wood are here, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God himself will provide the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So the two of them walked on together. When they came to the place that God had shown him, Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to kill his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. He said, Do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, The Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will indeed bless you and I will make your offspring as numerous as the stars of heaven and as the sands that is on the seashore. And your offspring shall possess the gate of their enemies and by your offspring shall all the nations of the earth gain blessing for themselves, because you have obeyed my voice. Our third reading is taken from the book of Exodus, chapter 14, beginning at the 10th verse. As Pharaoh drew near, the Israelites looked back, and there were the Egyptians advancing on them. In great fear, the Israelites cried out to the Lord. 
They said to Moses, Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us bringing us out of Egypt? Is this not the very thing we told you in Egypt? Let us alone and let us serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. But Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm and see the deliverance that the Lord will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you and you have only to keep still. Then the Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry out to me? Tell the Israelites to go forward. But you lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. Then the Israelites may go into the sea on dry ground. Then I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them. And so I will gain glory for myself over Pharaoh and all his army, his chariots and his chariot drivers. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord, when I have gained glory for myself over Pharaoh, his chariots and his chariot drivers. The angel of God, who was going before the Israelite army, moved and went behind them, and the pillar of cloud moved from in front of them and took its place behind them. It came between the army of Egypt and the army of Israel. And so the cloud was there with the darkness, and it lit up the night. One did not come near the other all night. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. The Lord drove the sea back by a strong east wind all night, and turned the sea into dry land, and the waters were divided. The Israelites went into the sea on dry ground, the waters forming a wall for them on their right and on their left. The Egyptians pursued and went into the sea after them, all of Pharaoh's horses, chariots and chariot drivers. As at the morning watch, the Lord in the pillar of fire and cloud looked down upon the Egyptian army and threw the Egyptian army into a panic. He clogged their chariot wheels so that they were turned with difficulty. The Egyptians said, Let us flee from the Israelites, for the Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea, so that the water may come back upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots and chariot drivers. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and at dawn the sea returned to its normal depth. As the Egyptians fled before it, the Lord tossed the Egyptians into the sea. The waters returned and covered the chariots and the chariot drivers. The entire army of Pharaoh that had followed them into the sea, not one of them remained. But the Israelites walked on dry ground through the sea, the waters forming a wall for them on their right and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptian dead on the seashore. Israel saw the great work that the Lord did against the Egyptians. So the people feared the Lord and believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses. Then the prophet Miriam, Aaron's sister, took a tambourine in her hand, and all the women went after her with tambourines and with dancing. And Miriam sang to them, Sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. Horse and rider he has thrown into the sea. Our fourth reading is taken from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 55, beginning at the first verse. Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the water, and you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come by wine and milk, without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and your labour for that which does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me, and eat what is good, and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me. Listen so that you may live. I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. See, I have made him a witness to the peoples, 
a leader and commander for the peoples. See, you shall call nations that you do not know, and nations that you do not know shall run to you because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them return to the Lord that he may have mercy on them and on our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return there until they have watered the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose, and succeed in the thing for which I sent it. Our fifth reading is taken from the prophet Ezekiel, chapter 36, beginning at the 24th verse. I will take you from the nations and gather you from all the countries and bring you into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water upon you and you shall be clean from all your uncleanlinesses and from all your idols I will cleanse you. A new heart I will give you and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove from your body the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and make you follow my statutes and be careful to observe my ordinances. Then you shall live in the land that I gave to your ancestors, and you shall be my people and I will be your God. Our sixth reading is taken from the prophet Zephaniah, chapter 3, beginning at the 14th verse. Sing aloud, O daughter Zion, shout, O Israel, rejoice and exult with all your heart, O daughter Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away the judgments against you. He has turned away your enemies. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall fear disaster no more. On that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Do not fear, O Zion, do not let your hands grow weak. The Lord your God is in your midst, a warrior who gives victory. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will renew you in his love. He will exult over you with loud singing, as on a day of festival. I will remove disaster from you, so that you will not bear reproach for it. I will deal with all your oppressors at that time. I will save the lame and gather the outcast, and I will change their shame into praise and renown in all the earth. At that time I will bring you home, at that time I will gather you, for I will make you, you renowned and praised among all the peoples of the earth, when I restore your fortunes before your eyes, says the Lord. Our seventh reading is taken from the letter to the Romans, chapter 6, beginning at the third verse. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptised into Christ Jesus were baptised into his death? Therefore we have been buried with him by baptism into death, so that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be destroyed, and we might no longer be enslaved to sin. For whoever has died is freed from sin. But if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. 
so you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Our Gospel reading is taken from the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 28, beginning at the first verse. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven, came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. For fear of him the guards shook and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid. I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has been raised, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has been raised from the dead, and indeed he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. This is my message for you. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came to him, took hold of his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. May you have a word for our hearts and give us a heart for your word, Lord. Amen. In the quietness of the early dawn, the women approached. Night was ending. The light was beginning. Indeed, it was the end of the beginning in the ongoing story of creation. The quiet of the morning echoed the quiet before creation as the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. The women, still shattered, walked through the quiet of the dawn in silence. In the beginning it was good. The Lord created and it was very good when he made humans for no other reason than to love them and for them to love him and love his creation. The work of creation birthed beauty, joy and love for humanity a time when God walked often with those he had created to be loved as his family, only for that to be lost as sin entered the world. A creation marred, a sad reflection of its former glory. But God had not been silent. God had not been still. His spirit stirred. Creation would be renewed. As before the creation, the slight shuffle of leaves in the tiny breeze the only indication of the great works of the Spirit, the great works of God that were about to take place. Palpable excitement lost on the women in their grief. These two women, images of God, approached the resting place of God, and all was still. At this place so many thousands of years ago, another man of righteousness, Abraham, had faced the ultimate sacrifice. His son, promised and received, a miracle in his old age and a sign from God of his faithfulness was to be sacrificed. Abraham was being asked to give all. He didn't understand, but he trusted in God. Raising the knife ready to strike, Abraham was stopped at the last moment on Mount Moriah, the future site of Jerusalem, the future site where Jesus was to die. God provided a goat for Abraham, and through his faithfulness all of us were to be blessed by God. When the Son of God was taken to that same mountain, when he was offered up as a sacrifice, when he was offered up as a sacrifice for our sins by his Father, when Jesus went, this time the knife did not stop. Blood was spilled, a sacrifice was accepted, the blessings would be received. The women travelled closer to the tomb in the quietness with only a few stirrings of life. 
In the distance they see the tomb in the gloom, the soldiers outside it, and they begin their approach. As they descend towards the tomb, a tremor shakes the ground as the stone is rolled away. A brightness like lightning lit the little garden, the shadows long in the dawn light as an angel rolls away the stone. The soldiers faint in fear at the sight. The women are scared at a distance. Their ancestors, of course, had been scared too. They had followed Moses out of Egypt. He had demonstrated great miracles from God to set God's people free and in the desert, pursued by the Egyptians, with their backs to the sea, they had despaired. They complained to Moses, believing that all their following had been for nothing, much as the disciples must have felt like having seen Jesus crucified. The great pillar of light and cloud had kept the Israelites safe that night from the soldiers. Through the waters of the sea, God had led them. They had travelled through the waters of death to life, as Jesus was doing. This early morning, God's angels, shining with the presence of the Lord, had once again incapacitated the soldiers. Their Lord had travelled through the waters of death, and he was ready to emerge once again into life and light. The angel sits on the stone, relaxing in the glory of that morning, and turns to the women, saying, Do not be afraid. I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has been raised as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell the disciples. He has been raised from the dead, and indeed he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. This is my message for you. These daughters of Jerusalem must have rejoiced and exulted with all their hearts in the confusion, the fear and the joy of that moment. They saw the folded grave clothes. They saw the angel sitting on the stone. They saw the soldiers fainted. They had thought that love had died. But no, love was risen and more than that it was recreated, the first fruits of the new creation. They thought they had known God through his son. But through the son's sacrifice on the cross, a true relationship with God was coming. Lost for eons, it was to be restored. They didn't know it. But these women had revealed to them first what even the wisest had failed to understand in their own land. Jesus would soon explain in person to the two disciples on their way to Emmaus from Scripture what these women took on faith. They set off at once. On the way, Jesus appeared to them. They took hold of his feet and worshipped their God. He said to them not to fear, but to deliver the message of the angel to his friends. The sun rose and shone on a creation that was shining in the light of the victory of God over sin. Through Jesus' sacrifice, God had given humanity the chance for not just restoration, but recreation. God had given the chance, through the sacrifice of Christ, to become sons and daughters of God to be family as we were created to be. The promise of communion was realised. The awful price of the cross was paid. Now the blessing of God was released and Christ was raised. Alleluia! Our world moved to recreation on that first Easter morning. It was the pivot point of history. The day love was fulfilled. That process of recreation goes on and is now needed more than ever. Everyone who accepts the Easter miracle and gives their lives to Christ, who is baptised, who is filled with the Spirit, has a part in this new creation. This isn't just a spiritual awakening, but an Easter miracle in every person, in the heart of every person who accepts it. A free gift, available to all. We are in a time when we cannot celebrate Easter together as we normally would. 
Perhaps this Easter is a time to look beyond our services and rituals, regardless of how rich and God-filled they are, and reconnect with that Easter miracle that happened nearly 2,000 years ago, but it is still happening in every new heart that accepts Jesus, in every heart that is a member of our church. Our church services have stopped, but being church, being the people of Easter in a Good Friday world, has never really been about services, but rather about service to others, about fulfilling the love we receive. Being Easter people has always been about sharing the good news through words, actions and love of neighbour. Why? Because we do what God did for us, which was that God so loved the world, he gave his only son at Easter. We too, as carriers of that love, must love what God loves, which is the people he died for and was raised to restore. The people in the next house, the people who walk in the streets, the people who don't deserve it, the people who are broken or sick or naked or in prison. God's Easter people love what God loves. And through our small sacrifices of love, we spread the Easter love, the Easter miracle that brings more people into God's family, brings a new creation that bit closer to fulfilment. All of scripture leads to Easter and all unfulfilled prophecy leads to the new creation, a resurrection that started with the first resurrection. We, the people of God, must love those around us and bring the joy of Easter to a new generation. In isolation, that loving of others is more difficult, but how we love others during this time will be the measure of how good a church we really are. Mary and Mary Magdalene saw the risen Christ, saw the first fruits of the new creation, saw the end of the beginning. They rejoiced and ran to tell the others. Let us too celebrate the risen Christ in our hearts, in our prayers and in our actions. Let us let the love of God made perfect in Christ go out and spread around the world that needs him so much. Christ is risen. Shout it out to the nations, your neighbours and your friends. Christ is risen. Alleluia. Before ending, I'd just like the opportunity to wish you a very good Easter, full of the love of God, and just to simply pray a blessing over all who hear this podcast. Let us pray. The God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the eternal covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and remain with you this day and always. Amen. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Christ is risen. Alleluia.